Good afternoon, folks. This is Paul. Paul Albert at the House of Graber. This is the 8th day of June in 2021. The year of our Lord. The year of our one true God, our Creator. And today's message is brought to you under the laws of nature and nature's God otherwise known as common law due process. And this message is also protected and safeguarded under the common law copyright of the House of Graeber. The topic of today is, why are you not listening? Why are you not listening? Have you ever heard that? Pay attention. Why are you not listening? Maybe your parents asked you that question. Maybe your siblings, your older siblings, or your younger siblings. Maybe your boss has asked you that question. Maybe, possibly, your spouse has asked you this question. Why are you not listening? Or, oh well, I'm not going to talk anymore because you're not listening anyway. Have you ever heard this? Or on, on the other side of the coin, have you ever been the one trying to say something and you feel like you're not being heard? Have you ever been talking to your husband or your wife, your man or your woman, more specifically, your partner that you want to be with for the rest of your life. Have you ever been trying to say something and you get this, you get this uh, really clear indication that even though he or she is in the room with you and maybe even looking at you while you're speaking, the words that you're saying are going completely right on by. Has that ever happened to you? Or have you ever been the one trying to listen and you're pretty sure that you are listening and then your spouse, your man or your woman that you're married to says, you didn't even hear what I said. Do any of these things sound familiar? Uh, quite a few years ago, Carol and I were at a weekend workshop seminar, so to speak, and it was put on by a gentleman that had had some experience in coaching, counseling, consulting people in general, but I also believe marriages. And he said something that I've never forgotten. It's very, very true, very true. Most people in the world, not just here in the United States of America, but most people in the world don't even have one other man or woman or someone that they can confide in and feel safe. They don't have one friend that they can 
share their deepest secret with. Now, ironically, and I find that very true, ironically, this is what I've observed. You know, we, we hear somebody speaking or somebody walks right into the same room and says, hey, so-and-so, and they have to say our name three times or four times before we even realize that they're there. So we obviously were not listening. Or once they do get our attention, they start to say something. Uh, I've done this. Other people in our house have done this. And it's been done to me, and I've done it to other people. I think probably all of you that are listening to this message have done this at one time or the other. Where somebody is saying something, they get your attention and they want to make a statement, ask a question, or share something, etc., etc. And we rudely keep right on walking or doing what we're doing and under the pretense that we can continue doing what we're doing and listen to them at the same time. It's called multitasking. Well, let me... Let me uh, just clue you in right now, that's extremely rude, it's extremely ineffective, and it's extremely probable that if you continue to do this, uh, the door will be shut to further communication, so to speak. This man who said this years ago, you know, I remember exactly where it was, he said, most people don't have one person they can confide in. So so when people try to get our attention, this is what I find very, very peculiar and very, very strange. But yet, most of us have done it. We don't pay attention, and when somebody says something, we could not repeat it back to them word for word if our life depended on it because we were not paying attention. I know because I've done it. You've done it. Everybody's done it. You simply were not paying attention. You were not listening. I was not listening. Uh, as Stephen Covey says, listen, listening with, you know, seek to understand, first to understand, then to be understood. Listening with the intent to understand what is being said is very different. So we, we basically are checked out. We're not paying attention. We're not understanding what's being said. We're being rude. And yet, we, in other instances, overhear something being said that was not even meant for our ears. It was not meant for us to hear it. It was nothing, you know, whatever's being said is none of our business, but we overhear it by accident. And we hang on to that tidbit and we go and tell other people. And most of the time, what we tell other people is a lie because we've only heard a tidbit and we fabricate a story around it based on our opinion, our judgmental opinion of that other person that other man or woman that was saying it.
So now, all of a sudden, we can remember and we can hear very well, or at least well enough to create some kind of rumor. I find that very odd, very peculiar, very strange, and very detrimental to our well-being. So, why are you not listening could apply to many areas of life, it does apply because uh, our voice carries an energy. Our voice carries emotions. Our voice, the sound of our voice, the shape, the grammar, the syntax, the way our words flow, how we, you know, the pitch of our words. If you've listened to me very much, you know that I tend to hesitate between words because I'm processing things as I go. And there's been many times when people have started speaking because they thought I was done and I was not. But it's okay. Um, I'm going to go to an area of listening that is near and dear to my heart. And that is man and woman being united in matrimony, which is a lifetime covenant. A covenant is forever. When you make a covenant, it is. It just is. It does not need to be renewed. If the covenant isn't forever, then it wasn't a real one in the first place because a covenant is permanent. So renewing a vow, I know people have the best of intentions for that. I would, I would consider this. If the vow needs to be renewed, what was wrong with the first one? What was lacking in that first vow? Now, I'm completely okay with strengthening or, um, and I'm not, don't get me wrong. If, if you're one of the people that has renewed their marriage vows or you're going to, don't change your plans just because of what I'm saying. I'm just bringing out a point of the covenant is actually permanent celebrating those vows and, you know, over and over again, enjoying the benefits of those vows and reminding each other that, and maybe that's why people do it, just to remind each other, but it's something to think about. So why do marriages break down? Well, let's go back to the topic of the conversation today. Why are you not listening to me? Why don't you listen? It seems like you didn't even hear me. I don't even know why I said anything because you didn't hear what I said anyway. Why are people always interrupting me when I'm trying to speak? Or, as the saying goes, there's nothing I hate worse than when, I'm, when other people are trying to speak while I'm interrupting. You know, it's supposed to be a joke, but it's actually uh, very serious. I've done it. 
you've done it. Everybody has done it. I know people who are very, very, like, that's all they do is interrupt others. There's this, like, there's this uh, little thing attached to their knee and a cable, a, a little string to their tongue. And as soon as somebody starts speaking, their knee jerks and their tongue starts rattling. It's like a what we call a knee-jerk reaction. They jerk their knee sideways and, you know, something comes out. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just a lot of noise. And I also know people who are the most amazing listeners. They, I don't know, I might have heard them interrupt in the past, but very, very rarely. And I've found that when people like that say something, they're more likely to be heard because they are respectful. So, are you one of those people that in your marriage, you know, with your man, or if you're a man, with your woman, I'm not even going to talk to people who, you know, there's gay or lesbian marriages. That's not a marriage. That's a, that's a screwed up, whacked out situation. Okay. It's, there's, that's not something that comes from God, our creator. And we actually operate under the one true God, our creator. So I want to be very clear about who I'm talking to. I'm talking to male and female, the only two species of mankind on planet earth, period. Okay. Are you one of those men or one of those women who their spouse doesn't listen to them? Or are you like my woman used to be? She many times did not express herself. And it wasn't because, well, I, I was not the best listener, but, but also I responded with some kind of solution or with some kind of defensive, like defending my position where she did not feel safe. Many times she did not express herself because she did not feel safe. And so either way, whether we just limp along and we don't listen, we're just like out in la-la land, we're not paying attention, our woman can't, and, and I'm going to pick on the men because that's where I'm at, but this works both ways. They cannot depend on us because we're out in la-la land, we're just like over here one day, over there the next day, weebling, wobbling, teetering, and tottering. And always trying to figure things out to the minute detail and getting caught up in the minutia and missing the most basic necessities of life, like listening to our woman. And there's one thing I know from experience. A woman wants a man who stands somewhere. Even if they don't stand in exactly the right place, she wants somebody that who somebody who stands because a woman wants to lean on a man 
Now, if they say that they don't need a man, that's that's another problem. That stems from some kind of issue that is unnatural. By nature, a woman wants a man to lean on and for her security. That's how she was designed. That's what the man was designed to provide for her. And if you don't provide security, if you don't stand, why would she lean against you if she's afraid that you're going to topple over when she leans against you? She wants a strong man who she can lean on. Even if he's not standing in exactly the right place, at least he's standing. Very, very important. So, I have a question for you men. How many times has your woman tried to tell you something or maybe she was just talking, she was unloading, okay? At the end of the day, she finally gets a minute with you and she just starts unloading about what's on her mind, okay? When she does that, what is your response? Well, I'm going to venture out on a limb and I'm going to say 99% of you give her the wrong response 99% of the time because she's not looking for a response. She's not looking to be fixed. She doesn't want you to fix anything. She wants to be heard. She wants to share her deepest thoughts and feelings with you. And if you just shut your mouth, like that includes me, if I just shut my mouth, and listen, and focus on what she's saying, like I actually hear what she's saying, I'm going to be her hero. She, she's not asking me to fix her. She's not asking me to fix anything. She's processing things. She's unloading emotions and feelings and events and maybe it's frustrations. Let her unload. What, what better have you got going on than supporting your woman? And why do you need to fix her? Why is it necessary for you to fix everything that you hear? Are you like so much wiser and smarter than God is, our creator? Or are you willing to lay down your ego? Am I willing to lay down my ego? Let her process be that sounding board, be that vessel through which she feels safe to express herself. Am I willing to lay down my ego and let God, our creator, do the fixing if need be? Whoever said she needs to be fixed in the first place? Maybe she just needs to be heard. In my observation from other marriages that either work or don't work, in my experience in my own marriage, Pretty much 100% of the problems comes from the man 
not being able to hear his woman and just listen and just be there for her and without trying to fix her. You can fix a whole lot of things by shutting your mouth and hearing what your woman has to say and being very, very interested in what she has to say and being okay with it without trying to fix her. That will fix a whole lot. I know that from experience. I know because I've been on the other side where I didn't do that. And I know because I'm at the point now where I can do that. I still slip up once in a while. I'm gonna say it again. My observation and my experience is 99% of you men, 99% of the time, when your woman wants to unload, I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about just, just like expressing herself. You don't know how to listen. You don't know how to just listen and be there for her. Who else is going to listen to her? If you don't, somebody will. If you don't listen to her and be there for her, she's going to find somebody else. Maybe a woman, maybe a man, maybe a dog. Actually, um, I think that's why a lot of women are so attached to dogs because the dog listens to them. He's their friend. He never complains. He never gives her orders. He's just there for her. Now, the idea of replacing a man with a dog is pretty twisted. Hear me out. But we might be able to learn a lesson from the dog and help correct things. So why are you not listening? What better do you have going on? And who's going to listen to your woman if you don't? And for the women, who's going to listen to your man if you don't? Now, I'm going to make a very, very strong suggestion here for men and women both. How you talk about your man, this is for the women, how you talk about your man when he's not around is how he will be when you are around. And men, how you talk about your woman, your woman, I'm sorry, when she's not around is how she will be when you when she is around how you talk about your partner when they're out of earshot when they're not present that's how they're going to be when they are present most of our problems are created by us about 99.5% of our problems are created by ourselves. And if you're going around blaming your partner for your problems or anybody else, but I'm focusing on the marriage, the family altar, the marriage, the covenant. If you're blaming your partner then I suggest you just stop it. Just stop. 
go look in the mirror because when you look in the mirror, you're gonna meet the only person in the world who can fix your problems. There's others who can support you and your spouse will be the most amazing, amazing support when you treat them accordingly. And for the men specifically, it rests squarely on your shoulders to make the marriage work. I know this from experience. I know it from watching other marriages. When a man is complaining about the woman not submitting, I can guarantee you 99.98% of the time there might be some variances, although I would, I would suggest it's 100% of the time. If a man is complaining about his woman not submitting, the man is not submitting to the laws of the Creator where he needs to be as a man of the house and as a man for the woman that he married. Your woman wants to support you. She, she wants to submit to you. She wants to be yours. But by your indecency, by your disrespect, by your arrogance and your ego, you're closing the door so she can't be. It's very sad. I see it all over. I'm telling you this, men, because I care. I look back at my own marriage. I never would say that it was real bad. <clears throat> there were areas that definitely lacked. I wanted to be a protector and I was a controller. If you try to control your woman, good luck. Because it'll only work temporarily. I can it just won't work long term. You try to control your children, it won't work long term. That's just how it is. It's not me that made that up. It's just how it is. I don't care if you believe it or not. That's how it is. So the man is a leader of the house. That does not mean that the woman is less valuable. There are things that women are called to do in a marriage and that they have the ability to do that the man cannot do, period. And vice versa. There are things that the men are called to do in a marriage that the woman cannot do. Doesn't work. They're made to work together as a team. They both are made by our Creator. Very precious. Very precious. Marriage is the highest and the most holy institution on planet Earth. And when man and woman operate in harmony, it becomes very, very powerful. There is no higher jurisdiction than man and woman. Not the United States government or any court or any kind of agency. There's no government in the world that is higher. They are all beneath the institution of marriage. They are beneath man. 
That which one creates, one controls. Government was created by man. Man was created by God. Remember the pecking order. And quit giving your, your power and your authority over to a lower agent. Quit letting the church and the state courts run your marriage and run them into the ground. Start acting as if you were in charge because it's the assignment that God gave you. I hope this supports you. One of the saddest things I know of on planet Earth is that the family altar has been crushed. The family has fallen apart. Man and woman do not, do not know how to live in harmony. Many, many marriages are completely scattered to smithereens. Many more, the, husband, the man and woman live together and it has an appearance of a decent marriage, but yet they're not living in harmony. If you're waiting for somebody else to fix it, you're missing the boat. If you're waiting for your partner to straighten up so that you can have a happy marriage, you're missing the boat. Have an amazing day. There is no country on the face of this planet that is stronger than the individual household or family in that country. The man and woman united in matrimony are the pinnacle of dominion. Thank you.